Today on Sagittarian Matters, ghost stories, pet squirrels, homemade vegan thin mints, couples therapy, and more. With my very special guests, Michelle T. and friend to the show, Morgan. Stay tuned. Michelle T. is a writer, filmmaker, and a regular contributor to Sagittarian Matters. She's the author of Against Memoir, A Mermaid in Chelsea Creek, The Chelsea Whistle, and so much more. Michelle is even the founder of Drag Queen Story Hour. Michelle called in to give us a very scary story about a time she saw a ghost. This is Michelle T, and here's a scary thing that happened once to me in the 90s, in the early 90s, a scary time. I was in San Francisco. I had a best friend named Heather, and I had a date named Z. Um, And we were very all close, like co-defendant, and all lived sort of close to each other in the mission. Heather had a great spot. She lived in a giant warehouse that everyone had um, created these little lofts for themselves that were like wooden boxes that you climbed up into. And they were, they had four walls. They were like these little rooms. And when you were inside them, especially at night, they were pitch black. No light got in. Um, It wasn't a very it wasn't a place with a lot of natural light anyway. Um, so one night, me and Z were staying over at Heather's house on her big feather bed. And Heather was a Taurus. She really liked the good things. And we were sleeping. Heather, me, Z. Heather went to sleep right away. I was really tired. But Z had, like, period cramps and was really bummed and, like, was, like, kind of moaning and in a lot of pain. And so I was sort of in and out of sleep trying to be a good girlfriend, like, rubbing their back and stuff like that. And then at some point I dozed off and I'd had a nightmare. Um, I remember my nightmare, too. I was, like, running down a street and I was looking for help because someone was after me. And I saw a woman sitting on a porch. And I ran up to the porch to ask her for help, and I saw she had she was holding a long rifle. She was like a Western lady, and she did not look like she was on my side. So I was really scared I was going to get shot. And then I woke up, and what did I see? But a freaking ghost hovering over Heather. It was, I saw it from the waist up. It's as if its bottom of the body sort of melted into the bedroom or into the bed. It was made of light. That's how I could see it. There was no light in the place, in the box that was the loft bed. But this being that looked like a human, it looked like um, an adolescent, teenage, androgynous boy or girl, European, white, dark curly hair. Um, And it was sort of hovering over Heather and then it looked at me. And it was made of light. I just can't express that enough. It was light. And... I was freaked out. I always thought I wanted to see a ghost until I saw a ghost. And then I really didn't want to see it at all. And I did that thing where you like squish your eyes shut and you rub them with your fingers like, oh, I'm going to open my eyes and this terrifying thing will be gone. So I did that and I opened my eyes and the terrifying thing was still there. And I felt like its mouth was like twitching, like something about its face expression made me feel like it was going to speak to me. It was looking at me, had been looking at Heather, then was looking at me. And I did. I was like, oh my God, if this thing speaks to me, like I'm going to lose my mind and never come back. I was so scared. And I did that thing again where I rubbed my eyes and when I opened them again this time, it was gone. But 
the way if you look at a light bulb and then turn the light off, you know, the, the image of the light bulb stays burned on your eyes. The image of this ghost stayed burned on my eyes because it had been light. So I could see its outline in the darkness after it was gone. It was so crazy. And then I woke up Heather and I was like, there was a freaking ghost over you. And Heather was a mystical sort, came from mystical people. And her response was just this sort of pleased, like, was it one of the young ones, you know? And I was like, yeah, actually, it was, like, kind of young. Like, not a child, but, like, an adolescent. She was like, I always see the children. And then went back to sleep. No big deal for her, but freaked me out. And for days, I walked around San Francisco being like, do you know that ghosts are real? Because they are, because I just saw one. Just solidifying everybody, all my new friends, suspicion that I was crazy um, and on drugs, which I wasn't yet. I had just seen a ghost is all. Okay. Happy Halloween. Morgan is a frequent contributor to Sagittarian Matters, a vegan chef, a former professional baker, and a huge fan of beans. Morgan joined me in Portland to discuss our top 10 lists for the beginning of the fall season and to share her secret to making homemade vegan thin mints. Stay tuned. Morgan, friend of the show, fan favorite, welcome back to Sagittarian Matters! Hey, Nicole. Can you tell me something? Yeah, what? Who is Squirrely Nutkin? Oh, thank you so much for asking. Um, When I was in, I think I was in junior high, you know what, they're all a blur, let's be real. Um, We, my sister and I found a baby, baby squirrel that had been kicked out of its squirrel nest. Yeah, so then we nursed it. (laughs) <laughs> Back to health. Um, thank you, Mom, for letting us do that. We brought it home with us in a little shoebox. We fed it monkey chow from the pet store. And then um, it got so, so strong and healthy living in our back house in Venice, California, um, that then it terrorized the whole house. And it was so cute and nice. My friends were all scared to come over. It would jump in the room <laughs> across the room. It dug up every plant. And then when we would, like try to brush our hair, it would run all over our heads at the same time as the hairbrush. Like, I don't know why I thought it was, like, really great. And so, like, you know, use its little squirrel claws to, like, clutch on our long, (laughs) stringy hair. And then you could play this game, um, also called Squirrely Nutkin, where you'd go, like, and make these little claw hands on the bed. And then it would, like, mirror the movements and be like, yeah. (laughs) And then, so then eventually we let it out on a tree in the alleyway that we, you know, had to park our... My mom had to park her car, and then it would like go, and then it would come. We'd scratch on the tree, and it would come back, and it would go away the next day, and then we scratch on the tree, and it'd come back, and then we'd go away, and then it started to hanging out for longer, and then eventually uh, we returned it to the wilds of Los Angeles, oh my God. Venice, California. So that was our pet squirrel. I think I brought him to high school with me one day, though. Cool. Obviously, I mean, who wouldn't? On your Letterman jacket. <laughs> Hey, Squirrely Nutkin, what's up? Can you help me ace this test? <laughs> no problem, Morgan. <laughs> they make really cute sounds. They're like... <laughs> we just watch a squirrel drinking some juice on the internet. Oh, I follow a squirrel. Maybe the squirrel's name is Jill? I can't That's remember. That's a good name. That's a good name. There's, I, uh, somebody just posted a video of, of Jill drinking a green juice. It was like... They sound like they're like... <laughs> they're really lively. They're a lot more lively than you think. Where did he poop? I don't, who knows? I don't know. Wherever the hell he wanted to. Sorry, Mom. Morgan, we are here. We have battling top tens. Just <gasps> kidding. We both have top tens, separate of each other. <laughs> Mine might be an eight. I'm not sure. You're going to get to ten. They're I know so it. powerful, they count 
they count as 10. You can also have, I have two things that are bottoms. Two things <gasps> that were. Oh, I had one and I forgot. Maybe it'll come to you. Okay. My first in my top 10 list is seeing Little Shop of Horrors at the Pasadena Playhouse. Wonderful. Starring MJ Rodriguez from TV's Pose as Ooh. Audrey. <gasps> the plant. Yes. And Amber Riley from Glee as, no, Audrey too is the plant. Oh, regular Audrey, Audrey won the human. Yeah. Audrey 2 is voiced by Amber Riley from Glee. And then I'm not familiar with Seymour's work. He was in another play, but it was so wonderful. It was it was just really wonderful. And um, that's all I have to say. I'm such a huge Little Shop of Horrors fan. People who listen to this show have heard my rant about the femphobia of Little Shop of Horrors, mm. where Seymour's like, you don't need makeup. I love you just as you are. By subway downtown. <laughs> when yep, exactly. <laughs> I'm such a fan. A what are the songs again? Okay, are we doing my top yeah. one? Okay, these are not in numerical order of love, but they might be. Number one, quinces. Quince. Oh my God, quince the fruit. They are so good, overlooked, underrated. They're like the most fragrant thing you've never smelled. It's like, I can't even describe it, but I, like, I imagine I've made this up. I imagine in Victorian times, they just literally had quinces. Actually, maybe I read it in their homes when they were in season to just make them smell good, like a perfume. And so they're kind of like an ugly, lumpy looking pear um, that's like usually a little more yellow than green. And they're really, really hard, like the hardest apple um, but, and you have to cook them and they, I think they have a lot of pectin in them. So they thicken up. You may have had a quince apple pie. You probably haven't. <laughs> no, they're so good. I, I mean, they're just so good. Please keep buying them. Where do you get them? Well, we have picked them at a farm on Savi Island, Okay, blackberries in theory, but, um, or maybe a fancy grocery store might have them in season, or maybe just a local grocery store might have them in season. So you get it. You can't eat it raw. You have to cook it. You must cook it. You can poach them. You can bake them. And they have almost like a pear or apple-like texture when you cook them. Um, I did meet one man in my retail days um, who said that he would just eat them raw. I do not remember where he was from. Um, but he was like, we always just eat them raw. And I was like, wow, he's zowie. So I don't think it'll make you sick, according to this man who I don't know his name. Um, but they're like really tart, kind of really astringent, I think. But just when you cook them, they turn like tangy and soft and incredible. Mm. Quince. Okay, number two. I'm going to recommend a deodorant. Oh. This is not SpawnCon. Nothing in our list is SpawnCon, really. Um, this is the deodorant I use. It is Crystal Mineral Deodorant Spray. What's SpawnCon? Sponsor content. Oh, my God. That's like if we had gotten these things for free or for Sponsored money. Sponsored by the Quince Commission of the United States of America. <laughs> Sponsored by the Prune Council. I wish. <laughs> um, I use Crystal Mineral Deodorant. And sometimes people ask me, like, you know, because I do use a natural deodorant and I don't smell terrible, what is it? And Crystal Spray works great for me. It has for a long time. There's no whatever, no parabens, no aluminum. It's hypoallergenic. It's not tested on animals. It provides an invisible protective barrier against odor-causing bacteria <laughs> for both men and women. Sorry, non-binary people and everyone in between. This highly effective spray prevents odor without harsh chemicals. I have used Tom's before. It gave me a terrible rash. 
guess what? I've also used Thompson gave me a terrible lash except for one flavor, which is the sensitive calendula or something. It's the only flavor that doesn't give me a rash. I don't know what Tom's is using that gives you a rash. But anyway, Crystal as a roll-on or as a spray. I like pomegranate, but they also have lavender. I think they have one that has no smell, and they might have chamomile. It's also cheap. It's like $4. It's no big deal. Uh, Speaking of pomegranates, they are in season right now, and I also want to say that quince are in season right now. It is early fall. Okay. What's your number two? Okay. This is a duplicate, but I just got to double down on it. The show couples therapy. So you heard me say on a different episode of Sagittarian Matters Mm -hmm. that I was watching couples therapy. I had already watched the entire season by then and was so jazzed to hear that you'd watch the whole thing and I couldn't wait to talk about it. Oh my God. Okay. So there's too much to talk about, but like highlights real. I just love getting to be part of this and I think that the people who are involved are really brave to offer up their therapeutic experiences. So we need we should say for people that haven't watched it. Oh right, right. It's a documentary style show. It's like eight or nine episodes. It's real people's therapy sessions. There's basically hidden cameras. They've consented, but there's hidden cameras so they're not aware of the cameras and it it basically is 20 weeks of therapy condensed to nine episodes with four different couples. It's so good. Also, the reason I like couples, uh, um, therapeutic like shows and like Esther Perel or whatever, um, are that I feel like I always learn something about myself or like my own relationships or something. So you're not just like kind of like, oh my God, these people are so stupid. Or, it's not sensationalistic in that way, but it's really like you get an insight into the process and you get a behind the scenes with the therapist, which is really cool because then you get to see her process, which is so, you know, mysterious for so many people. And so I just like that there's so much critical thinking happening and critical feeling happening on all these levels. And I think most people could probably, you know, take something away from the show. I really appreciated in the show seeing how people's pasts were replicating themselves in their present. Mm -hmm. And people that were standouts, I don't remember what the lady's name was, but the lady who was like, I woke up every day with a punch in the face. Carla. And then the therapist, Arna? Orna. Orna. Goralnik or Orla. And Orna, basically, there was a time when... Carla was saying that every time her husband does something that's like an infraction, basically as far as what she thinks should be happening, her mind starts going over a list of all the times he's disappointed her. And this is a different husband than the punch in the face person. And Orna was like, you know, she's like, that tape that's playing in your head is, what did she say? Like, that tape's there to sabotage you. Yeah, that is not your friend. That tape's not your friend. That's an old tape mm -hmm. from the past that's here to ruin your life now. Yeah, she's like, pull it out of the thing and throw it in the garbage or something like that. Yeah, like, when your person disappoints you, like, you can't just go into that. And I just, I thought that was very profound. It was. And then also, like, Carla, I'm pretty sure her name is Carla. Now I'm doubting myself. She was like, that is interesting. I have never thought of that. She like really took in all of the like concepts that were being presented and had this totally open. She was like, she like took all these things in and really like used the experience to the fullest. It seems like, I mean, I think her name's Elaine. Elaine. Yeah. (laughs) Dang it. Is it? Is there a Carla on the show? I don't think there's anyone named Can Carla. Can we end this? <laughs> Jesus. Um, also, I did not like Mal. Elaine? I thought Mal was just not salvageable. And um, I've been rewatching it. And the couple that breaks up 
in the first episode and then we get to see their backstory. <sighs> they were hard to watch. That girl was crying a lot. She was in a lot of pain. Anyway, highly recommend couples therapy. Now Morgan is going to look up oh, Elaine to see oh, that her name's Elaine. Oh, God. No, no, okay, no. I'm going to go to my next yeah, yeah. list thing. Uh, my next thing on the list is a curry brown butter green lentil soup. And what I want to say about it is you can find this recipe online. If you just put in curry brown butter green lentil soup, it will come up. I can post the recipe somewhere. Um, it's from like lifestyles.com or something. You can veganize it very easily. The thing about this recipe is it uses, I use Miyoko's, which is wonderful, but it uses fat. Oh, damn it. It's Elaine. I knew her name was Elaine. And Deshaun. Who's Carl? That one's named Carla. I'm not sure, but I just really felt convinced that I had heard someone named Carla. Anyway, anyway Morgan knows this better than anybody. When you have fats, yeah, so that. you have butter and yeah. coconut milk in this recipe. So you're doing your lentils and shit in a separate pot. They're hanging out with the broth, with the onions, whatever. You have a separate tiny saucepan with coconut milk and with butter and you're simmering it with your curry powder and so the curry powder is getting into all those fat cells Mm. and then when you stir it into your soup it really it really has a deeper curry flavor this is wonderful it's a curried brown butter green lentil soup i want to say the additions i like to have are (laughs) saute some really fancy mushrooms on the side have those with it Mm -hmm. has some cheese cubes be that vegan cheese be that tofu um, and then I also add some green things to it because I just, you know, I want to power pack everything with vitamins. Because you're Nicole. That's incredible. This sounds delicious. Um, okay. My next one on the list. It's another television show. I've just really been feeling TV. Um, not perfect, but very interesting is Diagnosis. What's that? Okay. So it's, I think these, uh, it might be a show that's, it was based on a New York Times column. And there is a doctor um, who writes a column and is like, people write to her and are like, I have this medical situation going on and I can't figure out what's going on and my doctors can't figure out what's going on. Help me figure it out. And so she publishes it and has people write in. So essentially it's a televised, a tough television version of this thing. But is it scripted or no, real it's, life? it's real life. Okay. And um, I guess that she is the doctor that house mm. is based on. Of course she's a woman. Mm. Um, so people write to her with whatever is going on with them. They all like live in different places, some in cities, some in small towns. And so she kind of puts it out to the international community. So it's all over the world. And people then send videos back or write back with what they think it could be. Or people oh. are like, I have exactly that and this is what it is. And some of them are really, they range from like literally, we didn't even know there were humans that existed with this condition. Like... Um, all the way to things that are much more commonplace, but like, you know, for whatever reason, the people did not have access or, to the information or the medical community didn't put the pieces together. Um, and it's just so interesting to see. And like I was saying that I, being in the medical system, I think can probably feel really isolating for a lot of people. And also, you only have access to what you have access to. And there's all these people with other information that might just be a stone's throw away. Um, and so it's really interesting. And, you know, the, I've, I've cried a lot. Like, I cried a lot. I mean, I cried a couple of times today anyway. Is there an example um, that made you cry? 
Yeah, but I'm not going to tell it to you. But like there's children who have really rare diseases who live in remote places. There's one little girl who's really wonderful and she um, finds like one of a handful of people that are have experienced the same thing. I mean, not the little girl, her family. And they connect and meet and have at the very least a support network, even if it's not a cure. There's all this stuff. Again, not totally perfect, but like it's just so cool. Like sometimes the internet and social media can feel like a really gnarly place and to see people using it for something that feels really positive felt inspiring. Um, okay. My next one is also a soup. Oh, go for it. I saw Lagusta, uh, posted about this on Instagram. It is a pumpkin ramen special What from ramen Tatsunoya in Los Angeles this, again, is a fatty-ass soup. Wonderful. They infuse it somehow with, I don't know, it's thick like a curry, but it's a ramen. Mm-hmm. And there's chunks of pumpkin in it. Yeah. It's so, so, so fatty and delicious. I don't know what's up with it. There's nary a vegetable to be seen. I asked for vegetables. They gave me a tub of iceberg lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> I like iceberg. Some corn and some green onions. Those were my... Hell yeah. That was my... Uh, vegetables the the lettuce was confusing to me she was, was like it for in the ramen yeah she was oh. like oh we can give you some lettuce and i just like maybe she's saying a different word than no it was iceberg lettuce anyway it's so delicious ramen tatsunoya it's there's one on sunset i believe there's another one i highly recommend the pumpkin ramen special ask for it by name ask for it by name you heard it here first Today's episode is brought to you by Shoshana Ruth Wechter, Michelle Lemoyne, Mary Pinson, Jill Soloway, Christy Herod, Catherine Tice, Art Dogs, and Rachel Ann Jolie. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, including producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $10, $5 million, that's your business, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. That's hornet, like the insect, leg, like its appendage, at gmail. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it, too. Don't be scared. That's just Ponyo's voice. Um, This is an oldie but a goodie. You guys have been doing a bunch of projects around Yield and Home Homestead. Um, DIY. You heard it here first. It's coming back. Doing it yourself? Yeah, do it yourself. You know, just try it. Just try something. Um, We've done so many projects that I thought I could never do until, um, you know, I hauled so many things and chopped up so many things and pulled out so many kitchen cabinets. And Yeah, what's an example of something you didn't think you could do and then you did it? Uh, smash and pull out every kitchen cabinet, um, find out how to rent a dumpster appropriately. It's harder than you think. I mean, it's not that hard, but there's a lot more rules than you think. Um, partially install a dishwasher. Torrance finished the rest. I mean, Torrance started it and then I came in for the, the, uh, the home, home stretch, changing out some weird light switches, doing some wiring that seems Ooh. simple, but it was, it's sometimes it's harder than you think. All the there's they're like little things where you're like, I don't know, maybe I'll just get somebody else to do it, you know? You know, and just try it. Did you find out how to do these things on YouTube or from books or what? 
Um, some of it was just research. Some there was some YouTube video watching that happened. There was some really intensive direction reading that happened. You know, that come with the appliance. Um, Are there some things that you thought you could DIY and then you were like, "Oh no, I'm in too deep. This needs to be a pro." Uh, those things I already requested help with chopping down trees that needed to be chopped down. Sadly, love she your trees. An entirely concrete yard, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> paving over the entire neighborhood i just need a little more help with it than Maybe I thought of the forest <laughs> but um yeah it re-inspired me to be like yeah i can do more stuff than i think i can just try it just try it i like that diy diy punk's not dead um i have a book here in my lap called making comics by linda berry knock on wood she's going to be on the podcast it is such a great book. Every year I go to the Omega Institute to learn with Linda Berry. And this book essentially has everything we do in a week together, but in your hands. So if you can't leave your house for whatever reason, or if you can't afford to go to the Omega Institute or whatever, you got obligations where you are. You can't leave for a week. Get the book, Making Comics by Linda Berry. And uh, to me, it's the best book about making comics. I also like Ivan Brunetti's book. It's called like Conics Theory and Practice or something like that. I like that too, but this Linda Berry is a little bit more in touch with the soul version of why you would make art. And it's great for people who even can't draw, who don't come into it thinking they can draw. Anyone. I love this. I love this. Um, all right. We've got a light one here, which is text stickers. Oh, they're so good. You know, you've probably sent a dancing party dog or a weird wiggly famous person, but there's more than just Jeff's, gifts, whatever. Um, there's stickers. It's like some... Is it an app? I, I can't walk you through it. I think it's an app and then a keyboard and you got to download it and do it. I did send someone a tutorial on it, but you can, um, you know, put a sticker of a of a dancing water bottle, a rainbow swirly thing a psychedelic sphere eating its own self forever and ever um um, people strangers dancing i like to really just you type in the search bar something that seems really normal um you know like shoes and really weird stuff comes up actually i hope this is all right to say i don't even remember what i put in the search bar and i looked it up and i found a sticker of a version of nicole's artwork what oh i sent it to you the sloth the sloth the townsend sloth yes drinking a kombucha and hanging out i was like look at this sticker i just found just type in something i'm looking around salt lamp plant water see what shows up (laughs) this is boring for everyone but me but i am loving it she loves the sticker ladies Uh. and gentlemen um i i'm new coming around to bojack horseman i started it a long time ago and i was like I don't want to. Re- I don't want to show about this straight guy. Even though <laughs> I love Lisa Hanawalt in Body and Mind. I mean, I love her as a human being who exists in the world, and I love her work, and I love her books, and I love the show, um, and I love Tuka and Birdie, her other show. But I hadn't gotten as deep into BoJack as my other friends had, and I just recently have been taking a deeper dive. And it's really it's fun to watch shows a little after everyone else has because there's oh, so yeah. much to watch. And then also everybody knows what you're talking about. Yes. So I'm deep into season three of BoJack Horseman. Mm, I love that. 
my next on the list is um this one may be controversial you guys crunchy cookies tell me more i got some for tonight it's controversial I- for your friends with bad teeth oh sorry well you know what they're called dunkers then just dunk them um ever you know everyone get- chewy cookies get all the press everyone's like ooh, look at all these melty chips and look at this crispy edge and like look at this bubbling situation but crunchy cookies are good just a nice graham cracker. Ooh, you talking about a ginger snap? I got a ginger snap waiting for me tonight to dunk in a little oat milk. Just try a crunchy cookie. If you think you burned your cookies, just still eat them. They taste so good. Crunchy. <laughs> What's another crunchy cookie? All cookies. Thin can- mint? A Thin Mint, an Oreo technically is a crunchy cookie, let's get real. But I don't like the filling anyway. Mm. Wait, I mean, and they're gross. Tell yeah. me something. Oh, yeah. If you lived in a home where all you had was Ritz crackers, oh yeah, some chocolate chips, and a little bit of peppermint oil. What would you do? What would you do? <gasps> Make generic Thin Mints. I guess they're not generic. They're homemade Thin Mints. Tell me. They're homemade crisp mints. Melt the chocolate. We saw this recipe somewhere and made it. We were like, this is not going to be good. And then it's incredible. You melt the chocolate and the peppermint oil together, and then you dunk the Ritz in it. So little peppermint oil. It's very strong. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and germs. It is. They were good, though. We ate them, I think, all. And if you had a bowl of ice cream and a sleeve Mm. of Ritz crackers, what would you do? (laughs) I think we all know what I would do. Crumble them up on top, obviously. Morgan, no one else knows this except for you, me, and people who are very close to you. I think I've been enjoying this culinary sensation for over 15 years now. If you haven't already tried it, go, go whatever brand you like, but I'm partial to the buttery flavor of a flaky, you know, Ritz-esque cracker. Crumble it on top of vanilla ice cream. It's so good. Make your own homemade magic shell. I've also been doing it for more than 15 years. It's chocolate with hella coconut oil. Add a flavor if you want. And then um, also try a Samoa of any version, vegan preferably, with a Ritz instead of a Graham. It's a flavor what? of sensation. It's so good. I'll say what? That one's so good. Um, I have some bottoms in my list. Wait, I got one more top before we go to the bottoms. Because I have any bottoms. Yeah. Okay. Last but not least, absolutely not least, is um, lending libraries, free lending libraries, preferably. They're amazing. They're the ultimate expression of pooling resources and, like, you know, you're talking about the library. All libraries. Tool Li- library. The tool library. So here in Portland, there is a tool library. There is obviously a you know Multnomah County Library, which is such a wonderful resource. I just got a new library card, um, and there is a um, culinary, a kitchen library. There's multiple of them. So, for example, if you are like, I just want to bake a bunch of bread, you can check out a bread maker. If you just like, I just want to dehydrate just because I got so many plums for my neighbor, you can check out for free a dehydrator, and then you just bring it back. I don't know what they're lending span is or a weird cake pan because you're like my friend's birthday is coming up um there is a seed library which is less of a checkout and return thing as much as it is i have seeds left over and i'm just gonna leave my seed packet for anyone to take there's just there's no end to the kinds of libraries you can have and it's so cool because really we don't need more stuff most of us and even if we have stuff, we could probably stand to share it with other people because we probably don't use it every single day. I just think a lending library is so cool, and it's an old-ass invention that has stood the test of time. 
Thanks to everyone who helps make libraries run, all of them. Lending libraries. Okay, my bottoms, uh, the girl that cut me in line at the airport. (laughs) Still seething about it. Ponyo and I were at the airport walking up to the belt. A man in front of me had many bins. I was waiting for him to fill his bins. Were your shoes already off? My shoes were already off. My laptop was out of its case. I was just, I was preparing to put the dog on the dog bag on the belt so I could take the dog out. And then this girl just wedges in front of me and starts putting her stuff in one of the guy's bins. She didn't know him. She just started putting her stuff in one of the bins he had laid out. With his stuff? Not with his stuff. Oh my God. He had not yet filled that bin. It's still is so weird that we have to take our shoes off. And I had I made a noise or a face at her. I looked over. I was like, uh, what? <laughs> and she said, I have like to get through here like five minutes to catch my flight. And I said, okay, well, you can I, – I would let you cut if you just ask. <laughs> and she was like, okay. And then she just doubled down on cutting in front of me. She didn't ask. She just said, okay, I will ask, and then didn't She ask. just said, okay, and then she put all of her stuff down. <laughs> what did she say? Okay. And then, guess what? What? Ponyo and I go through the metal detector, not the body scanner, and we got we smoked her ass. We got through in yeah! front of her, and then her bag got flagged. Sorry. So the last time I saw her, she was waiting in line to get her bag looked at by TSA. You know what? Sucks to be her. I'm not saying Ponyo with the oracle eye put a curse on her. I'm just saying, you know, I, Morgan, you already know this. I famously let people go in front of me if they're late for a flight. <laughs> Comedian of the 80s and 90s, Emo Phillips. I didn't even know who he was. And I let him cut in front of me because he was just fretting behind me in a line. And I was like, why don't you just cut all of us? We'll let you go. You're late for your flight. We'll let you go. And he's like, oh, my God, really? And then as he walked away, I saw, I was like, that guy looks kind of like Emo Phillips. And I saw his back said, E. Phillips. No way. And then I did a little Google to see what he looked like in present day. Anyway, he wrote me several generous thank you letters on Twitter or thank you texts on Twitter being like, thank you so much for letting me cut. I would have missed my flight if it weren't for you. It was your idea for me to cut in front. So I'm just saying I'm not. I'm not of ungenerous spirit, but when this girl cut in front of me with with nary a word, mm-hmm. I was like, please, madame. Madame. <laughs> Just the bare basic minimum. Yeah. Did you remove your monocle and your gloves? My monocle popped out of my eye when she did it. <laughs> what about your ascot? What happened to your ascot? <laughs> my ascot flipped up and hit me in the face. <laughs> my Oh, my tuxedo thing. Dickie? My dickie. <laughs> I really thought that dickies would make a comeback. Like, I don't know, also probably about 15 or 13 years ago, I was like, Ooh, look at all these dickies at the, you know, used clothing store. It was like the thrift store, like Value Village, you know? And I was like, maybe I should get a dicky. I was like, I think they're going to make a comeback. They haven't, but it's not too late. Did you keep your dickies? <laughs> not, and I don't mean the pants, people. Did you keep your spats? Um, I, have, I, <laughs> yes. I have a sad but uplifting final note. I did have spats. I have a couple of quick ones and then a sad final note. I really have been enjoying on the Daily, the New York Times I think it's the New York Times podcast yeah. that they have posted 1619, which um, the most recent couple of episodes, a lot of it's like about it's about race and it's about how America was built on the backs of people that were brought here as slaves mm-hmm. um, and also indigenous people. Mm-hmm. So I just listened to a couple episodes about sugar farmers and different farmers who were denied loans as part of a racist policy. Really great. Check out 1619. Mm. Check out the podcast form or check out the print form from the New York Times. I have been wanting to. 
Um, I also, of course, really love On Becoming a God in Central Florida, starring our friend Beth Ditto. Yay! Um, and also, I went to see the artist from L.A., Gloria Galvez, has um, a collaboration with the Women's Center for Creative Work called Going Bananas about the politics yes. of bananas. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to hear all about it. Okay, last but not least, I was very sad to find out that Kim Shattuck, lead singer of the band The Muffs, died of ALS. She was in her mid-50s, too young. But I remembered a story about her that I feel gathers her chutzpah, and I would like to remember her for it, which is this. Um, In the early 90s, early to mid-90s, I ran my friend's hardcore and punk VHS tape service yeah where basically all these people that had taken videos of shows would trade with each other so i had like hundreds of bands and you would send in 12 dollars, choose three bands and i would put it on a tape for you using oh dubbing god this is an incredible little slice of history yes history and so like bands would come stay at my house my parents house in the suburbs and they would be like what you have this like, like yeah man i'll make what, you a tape of it whatever whatever hard hours shelter Avail, Trial, By the Grace of God, whatever, hardcore, mm. punk, whatever bands. Anyway, the, I, there was a Muffs video. Oh. And in this, wherever they were playing, she was on stage wearing some kind of baby doll dress. And some guy was standing up front and he kept trying to grab her. This was a time pre-Riot Girl and also pop punk. Women in pop punk were not necessarily getting the blessings of Riot Girl. They still mm-hmm. were women playing on stage in front of these guys that were like, get off the stage, mm-hmm. show us your tits. This guy was grabbing at her and she was kind of kicking him away. And then finally she got tired of it. In the middle of a song, he like grabbed her leg. Nobody was helping her, by the way. Of course. So then she reaches under her dress, takes out her dirty pad and slaps him across the head with it. (laughs) And it was the best thing I've ever seen. (laughs) It was the punkest, coolest thing. And I remember seeing her as a teenager, seeing the muffs. I was so excited to see them because in Kansas, you don't see bands. You don't always see bands that you listen to. Mm -hmm. It's so it's really special when they come. And I was watching her. I was like, she's the hardest working woman in, woman in punk. Because <laughs> I was watching her and she gave so much of her energy and she really filled up that space and filled up that stage. And um, it was such a gift that I got to see her and I got to see that pad slapping. <laughs> and I'm very sad she's gone. So yeah. that's my – that's a top and bottom for me. Mm, that's a good – that's a good full circle. R.I.P. Morgan, let's go eat some crunchy cookies. I can't wait. I'm going to dunk the – out of them. Have you been doing any fall time anything? Making quince sauce. Mm. Thanks, Morgan. Thanks, Nicole. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.